It's the Zero Lives Left podcast, episode 45. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you have wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm your host on this journey. Thank you once again for tuning back into another episode of the show. As always, if this is your first time coming across the podcast, you've no idea what it's all about. Let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you no-nonsense, real, right-to-the-point podcast banter on business career and life. Maybe you're somebody who's always wanted to start a business or get started in a particular career path. This is the podcast for you. You've come to the right place and we're going to have something which is going to help you along on your journey. Don't forget the Zero Lives Left podcasting website is up and running. It's open for business. Make sure you stop by Zero Lives Left podcast.com. Check out the website. We've got lots of great, useful resources available over on the website. We've got previous episodes of the show, transcripts of the podcast, a little bit more information on our guests who have taken part in this podcast. And we've also got my podcasting ebook, which is now available to download from the website. So if you're somebody who's listening into this podcast, you've been listening in for a while now, you would love to start your own podcast, but you've got absolutely no idea how to make that happen. Well, you know what? That was me four years ago. I sat down in my spare room. I'd been listening to some podcasts for a while and I wanted to start my own podcast. And I went online and I read all these different blog posts. I found all these different YouTube videos. Um, And I really couldn't figure out what it was I needed to do in terms of what equipment did I need, what microphone did I need to buy, how was I going to edit the podcast together, how was I going to get that jingle done. But more importantly than all of that, who was actually going to listen to my podcast and how could I find out using the internet a way to get people to listen to my podcast right across the world. So here's what I've done. I've created an ebook that you can download, which has my seven simple steps to successfully launch your podcast. It's all in there, guys. The equipment I use, how I promote my podcast, how I bring it together, how I've done my jingle. All of that really, really good information is available for you to learn in one place. And it's available now over on the Zero Lives Left podcasting website. So please do check that out. It's available for you today. You can download it right away from the website. If you're listening to this podcast today on iTunes, please do rate and review the podcasts. Ratings and reviews are really important and they do help other people find out about the show. So if you're enjoying what you hear, please do rate the podcast. Please do review it. If you're listening over on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Allcast, please do like the podcast over there. Please do give it a little bit of review and please share it, of course, through your social media channels. We've got a great episode lined up for you today. We're talking all about leadership. It's a topic that I'm really, really interested in, fascinated about, you know, what makes a good leader and what are the successful traits 
to be an effective leader. And this is the thing that makes or breaks companies or organizations. It doesn't matter whether you're a small business and you're starting to grow, maybe you're bringing on staff, you have got to have good leadership within your organization. And this is something that all businesses can benefit right from the business just sitting, starting out today at your kitchen table, having that effective leadership to take your business to the next level. We are chatting with Emma Marmion from Prestige HR based here in Uri, and she's going to be talking all about leadership development, the importance, uh, skills that you need to be an effective leader. We're talking a little bit about her business and her career journey, and also the work that she's doing uh, within the chamber here in Uri City, the Chamber of Commerce of Newry and Morn. All right, let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 45 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Emma, you are HR Director of Prestige HR, working side by side with businesses and organisations right across the UK and Ireland, helping businesses on a broad range of HR related needs from employment, from training to leadership, health and safety and well-being. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a backstory of your journey to date, how you got into business, how you got started off, and really how Prestige HR came about? First of all, thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a journey. Uh, I suppose where I started, if you want to go back, I started working when I was about 14 or 15 uh, in my dad's business. Um, So I'm very used to um, being surrounded by people. So I think at 14 or 15, I was constantly on the phone. I was meeting people at the door, just constantly chatting. So I think that's sort of in my it's in my DNA you could say from I was from a very very young age I think being the eldest of six children you're constantly resolving little conflicts between your brothers and sisters so again that was probably always there career-wise then after university I did a management degree and I started working in hospitality for the first four-star hotel in Armagh City which was an incredible experience uh, being the first employee being from County Armagh and really seeing how that entire business went from being a building site to being an incredible organisation and business and how it actually functioned. So I was there at the very beginning as everybody was being recruited, as everyone was being trained up, um, as you were promoting the business. Um, So it was an incredible experience. And I think that was my first taste of what HR actually was all about. At that point, we had maybe 80 to 100 staff. So I'd never worked in anything like that before. You know, I'd come from Newry. I'd come from, you know, working in a local business and a small business. So that was an incredible experience. Uh, I left there and I started working in the banking industry. And again, I was now moving from something which was from an SME to a bigger business like the hotel to now working for a global organization. And again, that brought all of like much more people, much more structure, much more organization. And I thoroughly loved every element of it. Did the management program and through a series of very bizarre circumstances became a manager at 24 which was practically unheard of and I think then I just threw myself into it I really then started to fall towards the HR side really working with people recruitment um, how they actually came on board how you brought them through their entire journey how you motivated staff how you got the best from them right through to how they actually left the organization so it was an incredible journey with them then I decided to make the jump and actually pick HR and I think if you speak to anybody who works in HR 
they'll always say to you, we never started our career saying, I really want to be a HR professional. <laughs> I think HR finds you. You sort of find your way through your job careers and find that, oh, this is something that I'm really good at or this is something I really enjoy. And so that was such a big jump for me to say, this is actually the career I want to forge for myself. I really, really want to do this job. So I started with recruitment and selection. Then realize that as you're recruiting people and you're placing people you realize then where recruitment can fall down and that's whenever the proper structures aren't in place for people whenever they go into a new position and that can be simple things like how they're inducted how they're trained do they know what they're going to be doing when they go into an organization do they have a contract do they have a job description was there any sort of performance management of that person was there any support and then I think as I was doing that more and more, I started to work more with the employer and started to say, look, this is how you can get the best from the people that we are placing with you. And then that led to Prestige HR being born. Prestige was basically about setting up a HR department for the SME sector. And I think when you come from a really large business, you know, or even like the likes of Arma City Hotel with the Mooney Group or working even in the bank, you realise the range of support that is available for staff and for the business. When there is a HR department, they do all the recruitment, they do all of the employee uh, relations, they do all of the dispute resolution, they, as they employ people, they manage people as they exit so there's a huge amount of support and in an SME I feel that they were a little disadvantaged because that support wasn't available and that's what Prestige HR actually started off doing was being the HR department for the SME and providing that support as the SME needed it and then you start to see that SME grow you start to see staff work in there working and really enjoying what they're doing really engaged with what the business is all about and you start to see the business benefiting from the SME SME, the, the HR support that we're giving them. And that's why, you know, 12, 12, almost 13 years later, we're still doing that. And the HR support is getting bigger and bigger every single year because what's demanded of a business is getting more and more every year. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the HR support. Very, very important for every organisation. And like you say, those small, medium businesses out there in the Newry and Mourne area who maybe didn't have that structure that the large organisations had in place, public sector organisations, hotel chains, I noticed recently on your LinkedIn that you were speaking at a women in business event here in Newry, chatting about mindful leadership. Now, this is kind of connected to the whole HR department and the importance of developing people, the importance of people's mental health and well-being. But you spoke about well-being in the workplace. Can you give our listeners a little bit more insight to to why that's so important within organizations, no matter what size they are? Yeah, well, I think mindfulness um, started to become a bit of a buzzword maybe about five, six years ago, but it was, was there you many years before that and I suppose the the concept of mindfulness is that it's the ability to find sort of calm in the chaos it's like a pause button you know where you can try to find some stillness in the busyness of whether it's business whether it's family life whether it's just life in general it's an ability to be able to just stop everything for a minute to think clearly or to be able to get back to you as quick as possible. So that's what the whole concept of mindfulness is about. And it is a practice. It is a choice. And I think it's something that starts internally with people first. But businesses then started to see the external results of it. And what it actually does, it allows people to have a greater awareness of themselves. It allows them to have a greater awareness of others. And it allows them to focus on what is really important. And if you look at that 
from a leadership perspective, that is essential. Because as leaders, if we have a focus on ourselves, we are able to understand maybe how a situation is having a physical impact on us. It's allowing us to understand, are we have putting a judgment or a bias on a scenario, which we should just see it as it is. It allows us to see, are we panicking? You know, Because we can't make the right decisions when we're in a state of panic or, or shock or fear or worry. So it allows us just to come back to the moment of where we are and see things as they are without all of those prejudices and biases and worries on top of that, which I think is a really makes a really good leader and is essential. In terms of bringing an awareness to others, it allows you to connect more with the person who's in front of you. Because if we're constantly worrying or we're constantly anxious, our head is way off somewhere else. So somebody could be speaking to you, but you're not actually connected with anything that they're saying or engaged with anything that they're saying. And I think the importance of communication is not so much what people are saying to you, but it's the spaces in between. What are they not saying to you? And you have to be very, I think as a leader, be aware of what the communication is coming to you, but also what's not being said and being able to ask the right questions to be able to make the right decisions. So it does give that sort of awareness of others. You sort of feel a greater connection with other people. You can be much more compassionate, I think, as well, and show much more understanding which is essential as a leader. I think the fact that it allows you to focus on what's important means that it keeps you focused here and now. It's not about having like, I think in, in business, we've got so many balls in the air. It's like, where is everything? It's like, like spinning plates. You're like running around all the time, keep trying to keep them all going. So this is whenever all of that is happening, it allows you to say, well, I'm going to focus on this one right now, then that one, and then that one. And you're completely in that place, completely focused on that particular thing you're doing. And that gives you greater attention to detail, means that there's less mistakes and things like that so I think that's really what the practice of mindfulness is about but that's the outcome the outcome is you can feel it better within yourself you become much more resilient our employees then start to feel it and as leaders we're making right decisions because we're completely focused on where our mind needs to be at rather than all of the other worries and things that can be out there so how that then comes into the well-being space well I think it's both for the person who's the leader we have to look after ourselves as a leader and ensure our own well-being and then we're also responsible for the well-being of other people and like where did we ever see that ever coming to know that we're now responsible for all of that and we've that's a huge burden and a huge amount of responsibility for our leaders out there where not only are you responsible for yourself and the business but now you're also responsible for making sure that everyone is okay as well so in terms of how that links in with well-being the mindfulness leadership allows you to connect in with where you are how are you feeling what is important to you are you spending time with your family are you spending the same you know are you spending more time at work are you making the right decisions are you putting people off are you putting off the things that you really enjoy doing so mindfulness now says we have to have that balance it can't be all in work and not having any play at home there has to be a balance and um, so well-being allows us to do that but then in terms of our people being a mindful leader allows us to connect more with others and I think that's what the employees want is that connection and we all know those leaders out there we've all experienced leaders in our careers some of us had had really good experiences with leaders within <laughs> organizations some of us had have had absolutely terrible experiences <laughs> with leaders within organizations and you're absolutely right the well-being of not only the leader themselves is very important because if they're not well in themselves 
themselves and they don't have good headspace and they don't have that you know they're not taking that time to reflect and you know do some mindfulness then that's going to have a knock-on implication on their staff and their organization as a whole Mm -hmm. but staying on the topic of leadership and i know this is an area that you're very very passionate about and it's an area that that i'm really really interested in and it's an age-old question you were probably surprised when i sent this across it's been (laughs) talked about many a time by probably smarter people than me but are leaders made or born what's your thoughts on that i laughed as soon as i saw that question (laughs) because i teach a well a leadership program and an entire day is spent (laughs) just on answering this question I think to answer it directly, I mean, the great leaders of history have all been self-made. And it's, I think when you look at the statistics, it's not a result of the genetic makeup of somebody. It's not about whether they're male or female or men are better leaders than women. Um, it's not about, you know, it, it doesn't come down to that. It doesn't even come down to their, their background or, you know, how much money they had as a kid or it doesn't come down to that. It comes down to a specific set of skills that can be learned and developed and improved over time. So I think sometimes people are afraid. Sometimes they could say, I'm not a great leader or I'm not the best leader because I'm not very confident or I'm not great with people or I'm not, you know, it's, it doesn't come down to that. What we would say is, you know, you, the skills can be learned. And I know you're going to say, what's the skills? <laughs> and I think that comes down to experience. The more that you're working with people, you, it's the, it can be possibly good organization. It could be time management. It could be how you relate to somebody. It could be your resilience and your ability to bounce back from a, maybe a really difficult deal or a difficult scenario. It could be your own curiosity to be able to say, how are we going to get around this scenario that we're faced with and how you take your people along with you as you go on that journey so it depends on every person and it depends on the people that you've got but what I would say to everybody is that everyone has the potential to be a leader and the question isn't so much you know can you be a leader I would always say to people what sort of leader do you want to be because all of us have had that experience like you said of a really great leader and they make such an impact on us that we say I want to be like that and that then you you will actually see the traits and the skills that you really want to show and then that would be your direction in terms of what skill do you want to develop or improve or learn um so that would probably be the question that i'd say to everybody would be not so much can you be a leader but what sort of leader do you want to be and we've seen great leadership over the past couple of years even a couple of weeks i think a leader of a leader that really really springs to mind i suppose most recently it's the new zealand prime minister in her in her leadership of that country but also her leadership influence right across the world I mean, to be able to communicate in the situation that she was in, to be able to rally people together, support all of these really, really important traits that defines a really, really good leader. And I think that's the thing is like what shines out, I suppose, is whenever people can truly be themselves and they can truly be genuine um, about where they are. I think what you start to see is, you know, that sort of resilience, that sort of empathy. I mean, that for, for me would be the, the key things is, you know, the empathy and compassion. It was a scenario where somebody was having to not have any judgment or bias, not go from a place of anger or fear of what was going to come next or worry. But this was a leader who was now really showing non-judgment, really coming from a place of, I mean, dare you want to say love? 
do you know, really seeing the good in the people and in her people and to be able to encourage everyone to show that to each other, to work together, to be compassionate with each other and the resilience and that, that they were going to be able to get through it. I think those are really, really important points to make. You know, that whole aspect of being genuine, being authentic, you know, having empathy and compassion for people. And if sometimes we can get caught up in the busy, busy, busy life of making money and trying to make our business a success. We miss those things. We miss those, those things that are so, so important uh, as human beings really can impact our staff in, in, in such a big way. There's a lot of uncertainty in the business world today. Um, you know, we're, we're operating in a very, very interesting place in, in the Newry area here. We're right on the border. A lot of people have got concerns about the B word. Mm-hmm. the Brexit and I've said it and, you know we've heard all sorts of talk on the media we've heard all sorts of stories we've heard all sorts of uncertainty things going through the media you know really government not really being sure where it's at what's happening a lot of businesses are having that uncertainty as well and again this is where the leadership is really really important you know this is where this ties very very nicely into our last question you work with a lot of businesses in the area here and you're you've got a key role within the Newry Chamber We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a couple of moments. And you're probably hearing some of these concerns from businesses when you're involved in your work within the chamber and also your work that you do with small businesses. What helpful information do you have today that could maybe help settle, I suppose is the word, some of the people's concerns, particularly from a business community point of view? I don't know if I can settle them (laughs) Um, because you're right. I mean, I think for a number of years now, the Brexit story has been you know, has swamped our news feeds, our Twitter feeds, our, whether it's Facebook, whether it's the news, whether it's the radio, we're constantly hearing it. We can't really ever escape it. And the more that we hear about it and the more updates that there are, you realise we actually don't know where we're going yet. There still is a lot of uncertainty and a lot of frustration. So that is still to be ironed out. I think that will be clear. You know, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes and a lot of decisions that still have to be made um, and a lot of answers that we're still waiting for. Um, so that's where I suppose the, our job in Chamber is very much related to that, to try and get clarity on those points and to make sure we know uh, that what those qu- we're, we're getting those questions out as quickly as we can. What advice I can give in terms of small businesses is that there still is a significant number of businesses who haven't done any planning yet. That's still, I mean, that didn't really change from early 2018 to early 2019. The statistics were still quite stark, you know, that we maybe only had about 20% of businesses here actually planning. And I completely understand that because most of small businesses are just-in-time businesses. And do we think businesses are, are thinking, Aksha, it'll be all right. It'll, it'll be grand. You, you, you know that <laughs> saying here, Aksha, it'll be dead on. And you know, I nearly want to say to everyone, sure, it will be grand. <laughs> it will be okay. I mean, I love that. I mean, I'm born and bred in Newry. I'm from Kalevi. If you think of the journey that Newry has had in the last 20, 30, 40 years, it has it is an unbelievable story, an incredible story. And that's the story that I tell, you know, anybody who I'm meeting with is we are a very, very resilient 
or like area we're very resilient in the way like in, in anything that we come across we'll always find a way through it we'll always pull together as a community and we'll always come out the other side so i do say to businesses everything is going to be okay yes there are things that we're not sure about but there are things that we are sure about and there are things that we can do um so i would say please don't worry about planning for it what i was going to say is in bigger businesses it's easier because they have the resource to do it um and they maybe have the time to do it but in a small business i completely understand that it's just you know it's christmas time let's just get ready for christmas right it's easter let's just get ready for easter okay we're not getting ready for summer everyone just get ready for summer and you know i completely understand that that's how business works and but the planning for it is very very simple and there's lots of tools out there if you go onto the chamber website you'll see all of the different tools that are there that you can go online you can do the questionnaire you can figure out how brexit will affect you will there be any tariffs which would affect you would there be any would it impact your staff in any way and really do start to think about it we can do that as a business but i think the other thing as leaders is we also have to support our staff through this you know in hr we talk about change management and you know taking businesses through maybe a buyover or you know having to make changes in the organization or changes location or change of structure so whenever i look at this is probably the biggest change that businesses are going to face but we're all doing it together and the key thing about change management is communication so it's about really communicating with your people finding out from them what their concerns are and seeing if you can support it and there's lots i mean if it's somebody who's having to cross the border well then maybe look at social media or sorry uh, technology can it actually support that uh, maybe look at start times maybe look at how you can work more flexibly and do that now rather than wait until well October maybe we've got the extension to the 31st of October so rather than wait till then you know actually talk to your staff and see how they're feeling and work your way through it from uh, people up rather than what's coming through on the media. So the planning is definitely key and that's something that businesses need to think about. So it doesn't really matter if you're a small, medium business, if you're a, you know, a one-man band, you're sitting at your kitchen table. Have some awareness on the planning aspect of it now. Maybe visit the Chamber website. Get some of those those tools on the go carry a little bit of research and, and put some steps in place in order to help if things should change in your industry and in your sector now you talked a little bit about being involved in the chamber i know this is something that you've been involved in now for for a number of years and i guess over the next couple of months your role is going to be changing within the chamber talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you've been involved within the chamber and what the future looks like for yourself within the chamber of nearly here okay um yeah the role is going to change <laughs> Um, currently, I'm vice president of Newry Chamber, and this October, um, I'll take over as president of Chamber. And yeah, I've been involved in it for maybe twelve years, thirteen years. So, but I've always known about the Chamber uh, from years before that, when I was part of Newry Junior Chamber, when I was the appropriate age. <laughs> and I think then you can start to see, well, for me anyway, I could start to see the benefit of being involved in a group of business people in a local area and how that actually can support you as an individual and business. So I could see that from years and years ago and was very, very keen to be involved. In terms of Word Chamber and what I've gone through over the last number of years, um, I think the Newry Chamber of Commerce and Trade has been incredibly important especially when i see what they're doing in terms of uh, brexit they truly are being the voice of retailers and business and commerce and trade here in this area and um, you know in the absence of any of, of government and they have been 
meeting with some of the key players about saying, look, this is what the impact on our business would be. This is what the impact of working here um, and living here is going to be. And I have been blown over by the amount of support and knowledge and skills that is in Uri Chamber and the work that they're doing to make sure that our voice is heard in Westminster. It really is it's something to be so, so proud of whenever you see the work that's being done. Also, that on the policy side, they've been very much involved in um, working with council, the Newry Council, in terms of the regeneration of Newry. If you look at some of the uh, Southern Relief Road, they've been very, very instrumental in getting you know, some of those projects across the line as well. And our cooperation and, and work with Newry Council is very important for that. Where Newry Chamber is going in, you know, in, I suppose, in the next couple of years is really around the support to local business. Uh, when we look at the uncertainty, like you said, when you look at the B word and what that's going to present, I think there's going to need to be a huge amount of support um, provided for our local business. Um, so I think there's going to be a key uh, focus on support and how we can really encourage that collaborative working between all of the businesses in this area. I mean, if you think about it, Newry Chamber currently has a membership of over 200 uh, businesses in this area. And could you imagine if all of those businesses were collaborating together? All of those businesses were supporting each other, sharing their knowledge and skills with each other. That's really, that gives me so much encouragement that we have the skills and the resources there to be able to get through anything that is that comes across that we come across here in Uri, whether that is Brexit or, or whatever the challenge is going to be. So I think very much the Chamber will be involved in trying to bring all of that together. Yes, yeah, so whether it's networking, whether it's growing our businesses, growing our economy, that's very much our focus for the next number of years. And of course, if there's a business listening into the podcast today who maybe wants to get involved with the Chamber, they're always looking for new members. Of course. And I think the other thing is feedback is vitally important. You know, we can come up with all of the ideas under the sun but really it's about what do you need as a business tell me what you need I would encourage anybody drop me an email pick up the phone uh, send me a message on LinkedIn Facebook whatever let me know what it is that you need because the likelihood is you're not alone if you're saying I really need that I could probably say another eight or ten or fifteen businesses are probably looking for exactly the same support um, and we can you know, put that into the programme for the next year or, or years after that. Now, sticking on the topic of small businesses and entrepreneurship, you've already mentioned that we've got a really, really active business community here in Urian Moore. And we've got some major players, actually, who now have relocated here or who've set up their headquarters here. We're in this fine hub co-working space today in Uri, which I've been absolutely blown away by. This is my first time in it. And I mean, wow. I mean, if you're a business, you're listening into this podcast today and you're maybe working from home at your kitchen table or you're looking for a more collaborative working environment, there's that key word again. Get yourself along. Come along and talk to Susanna here at the Hub. This is an amazing spot for businesses to be working in. And we're sitting in the boardroom right now today doing this podcast. What would be your three tips for businesses today? If you've got a business that's listening into this podcast, they're maybe starting off, they're just maybe growing, they're, they're in the first year of business. What would be your three top tips that you would help share today for somebody looking to grow or develop their business? Oh, Wayne. <laughs> What a question. If I was to say it, I would just say to people, just believe in it and don't be afraid. I think um, sometimes fear completely holds us back. And the fears can be anything. Fear of not being successful, fear of what other people are going to think of you, fear of not making enough money, whatever the fear is going to be. I would encourage people to really, truly believe in themselves that they can do it. I think when you're setting off or you're starting or starting off or maybe in the first year, 
you cannot have any room for fear or doubt. You have to just believe in yourself 100% that this is going to be successful. And I think when you've got that mindset, you will do everything that you can to make sure that it is successful. So I'd say the first thing would be truly believe in yourself. Have confidence that you've got what you need to be able to to make it a success. The next thing I would say is really I think the key to businesses is looking for how you can help other people. You sort of find out where they have a problem and then you fix it. So you be the person who fix the problem. Then there's a need for your business. So if you're always, so I always come from that mindset of, you know, what what is your greatest pain right now? And how can I take that away? And if you keep asking that question, that will direct your business in terms of what it is, where your need is in the market, where you place yourself in the market, who, what type of business needs you the most. And then people will start to say that, oh, that's the person who can actually help me out of that particular scenario. So especially starting off, keep asking that question. And I think the third thing would be, yeah, relationship with others. I mean, if you're taking on people into your team, I would encourage you not to be afraid of taking on people who are better than you. Sometimes as leaders, you know, we think that we have to be the fountain of all knowledge. Well, I'd say, no, take on people who are better than you and you're going to keep getting better, you know, because you're going to learn from them and your business is going to learn as well. Yeah, as you're growing, yeah, keep seeking the people who are better than you and don't be afraid. I think those are great sort of tips. And I think... <laughs> you know everybody can learn from those even myself you know and it's always good to hear people's thoughts on what they would share if they were looking back on their business journey now a little bit because you've you know you've gone down that road a little bit I've gone that down that road a little bit and it's always good to hear you know what you've learned along the way now before we finish up how can people get in touch with you if Prestige HR if they want to know a little bit more about the type of services that you offer whether it's from employment to training to leadership health and safety or well-being or any of the other things that you do how can they get in touch with Prestige HR. Perfect. Um, well, we're based here in Uri. That's our head office. Is at the hub um, on Market Street in Uri, just opposite the Shelburne and above Maggie's Coffee Shop. I mean, how perfect is that? The brownies are amazing. <laughs> and the ginger cake. Um, so I think uh, so. That's where we're based. So if you want to call in, you can do that. Uh, we're also on our website is prestigehr.co.uk. We also our telephone number is 02830252107 and you can drop us an email as well. And of course, if there's any businesses, again, just to echo that importance of the chamber in the area for lobbying to, you know, get your voice heard. If you are listening into the podcast today, you are a business in the local area here and you're looking to get your voice heard within the chamber. Emma's going to be taking up the mantle in October. She's going to be the new president of the chamber. So I'm going to be watching her journey very, very carefully <laughs> to see what changes she implements. And I'm really, really excited because it brings a it brings a fresh approach and it's always good to have a fresh approach. Not to say that the previous approaches weren't good, but it's always good to see somebody who's got some new ideas a fresh approach a bit of excitement about them in relation to what they're going to do in their term as president of the chamber so i want to take this opportunity today i'm going to thank you for joining me on this episode of the podcast and hopefully we'll get you on actually in the future again to talk about the chamber journey love that brilliant listen if anybody wants to find out any more information about prestige hr or indeed what emma does i'm going to make all this information available in the show notes again once again thanks emma for taking time out to join me today on this episode of the zero lives left podcast thank you all right hope you enjoyed that episode of the show once again a huge thank you to emma from prestige hr for giving up her time today to join me on episode 45 of the zero lives left podcast i don't know about you but i have made four pages of notes lots of amazing takeaways in this episode of the podcast it was great to hear all about emma's career and business journey 
launching Prestige HR and also to hear a little bit more about her thoughts when it comes to effective leaders and the traits about what makes a good leader within a business or an organization. Of course, we've all worked at one time or another within a company or an organization, and we've had that that really inspirational leader who has really helped us, who has mentored us, who has brought out the best in the staff within that particular organization. Of course, many of us have been on the other side of that, where we've maybe had that leader who maybe wasn't the best, didn't have those skills, those effective communication skills, those those leadership traits that were needed to build that organization and take that organization to the next level. So there are lots of things that businesses can take away from this episode of the podcast, the importance of compassion, the importance of communication skills. The importance of listening and the importance of thinking about not only your well-being and your mental health, which is a very, very important topic, but the the mental health and the well-being of your staff. And a leader who has that in mind is a leader who's going to succeed because without your staff, without your, your employees, it's going to be difficult to take your business or your organization to the next level. So compassion, well-being is very, very important in leadership. But it's also important for the leader to be thinking about their well-being and their mental health and health and ensuring that they're taking that time out and they're able to reflect and they're also able to get that guidance from maybe other people within the organization into helping refine their leadership style and their leadership skills in order to help take that business or organization to the next level. So I think whether you're a small business, you're sitting at your kitchen table right now, maybe you're a large organization, or indeed you're just a small, medium enterprise, it doesn't matter what business size or shape you are, there's lots of great takeaways in this episode of the podcast, particularly that we all can take away from a professional leadership point of view. So I want to thank Emma for her time today to really join me on the podcast and really share some of those thoughts and and really hear from her and her business journey uh, right from the very, very start to to where she is now and also to the exciting year that she has ahead of her uh, becoming the president of Murray and Mourn Chamber of Commerce. So I'm really, really looking to forward to following that journey and as a small business, as an entrepreneur, to really finding out how the Chamber and indeed Emma can help my business and help my business grow and develop. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast today. Please don't forget to share it with your friends. Uh, Please do make sure you comment. Let us know what you thought of this episode. What were the key takeaways for you? I would love to know a little bit about that. So if you're you're picking this episode up, maybe via the Facebook page or indeed via the Twitter page, please do comment. Please do let me know how you found this episode today. If you're listening over on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And don't forget to check out the Zero Lives podcasting website. It's up and running. It's available. You can check out my podcasting ebook, which you can download right away if you want to launch successfully your own podcast. We're going to be coming back very soon with episode 46 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from WayneDenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.